Hola and welcome to Joygasm where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me is me hermano, Steve Xbox Live Stevevich, as we fiesta our way into episode 70 today, Cinco de Mayo 2018. To get the most out of Joygasm, follow us on your social media of choice and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Also, for exclusive access, check us out at Patreon.com slash Joygasm. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or a review. Today's episode has a little bit for everyone. Gaming news includes Firewatch developers getting acquired, Microsoft getting sued, more games getting Xbox One X enhancements, God of War getting critical acclaim, and the new Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Movie news includes Marvel Studios not attending Hall H at SDCC this year, Spider-Man Homecoming sequel details, James Cameron having Avengers fatigue, Vern Troyer dying, Solo, a Han Solo movie already in talks for sequels, Stranger Things new season, Deadpool and Black Panther getting sweet Blu-ray collector's editions, and a new villain, excuse me, Venom trailer, as well as Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer first looks. Our topic of the day is God of War play impressions. How you doing, Steve? I think you forgot to mention a uh, medium that people can listen to us on, Russ. I did that on purpose just because I thought it'd be nice to be able to talk about it right now. I think you're lying. No, no, <laughs> I am not fibbing. I'm looking down and my, my pants are not on fire. Yeah. No, what Steve is alluding to is uh, we were able to finally get onto Spotify. And so that is something that we are very excited about just because it has taken us a while to be able to get through the application process for that. And so that's just uh, just one more avenue for those of you out there who want to listen to us on yet another platform. I'm, we're, we're really making it a point to try and, and get on as many <laughs> podcast-supported <laughs> platforms as possible just because, I mean, really at the end of the day, there are just folks who prefer a certain platform over the other. And at the way end of the day, it's all about saturating all the mediums, Russ. It is. Well, it's interesting because I have a few friends who really love Spotify. They, they're they all about the the platform itself. They, they listen the to fine. music. Right. And it's just interesting because like for me, like I'm more of an iTunes guy. No, yeah. I have an iPhone. There you go. I like to listen to my music and podcasts on that. But I'm more of a Pandora kind of guy myself. You're more of a Pan... Hey, you're more Pandora kind of guy. There are other people out there who prefer SoundCloud. It's just, it's so funny how like they you just have all these different types of, of consumption regarding the audio. That's funny, Rush. <coughs> wow. And that's how I feel about it. I get all verklempt and I have to cough it out. Right in my water cup. That's right. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm really excited about that. I had applied for us to be on there, I would say, at least three months ago. It takes a while. And, and Spotify has a team that is dedicated to actually going through and doing the vetting process for, e for each person or each company that actually goes through it. And so, yeah, um, as a result, I mean, it was even fun. Even one of my colleagues, when they found out that we are now on Spotify, he immediately found us and started subscribing. And it's just because that's his 
choice out of all the different choices and options that are out there. I mean, that that's his go-to. That's what he listens to all the time. And, and it was interesting. It, it validated the effort with that went into trying to get onto Spotify because at that one moment, it's like, there's the proof in the pudding right there. It's like right. there's someone who he's my friend and everything else, but he just really doesn't listen to podcasts on places like iTunes or Google play or anything else. He, his choice um, is the, uh, the Spotify platform. There you go. There you go in a nutshell. <laughs> so anyway, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I've just been sailing the high seas, and uh, I, I haven't been playing with you all that much. That's true. I, I've texted you a few times where it, it says, Xbox Live, Toaster 360, sailing the high seas. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not responding <laughs> to text messages. He's not responding to game invites. And I finally text you or call you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing God of War. I'm like, what's your Xbox doing on? Oh, yeah, I paused it. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'll play God of War. Okay, I guess I'll just uh, sail around the uh, world a little bit. And I did. And I found you know, some sunken ships. I didn't buy any voyages or anything. Huh? I just got, you know. And uh, <laughs> so anyway. Were you yeah. working on your tan while you were out there? Yeah, Were you I lathering was. on the SP-50? I put the sails uh, rather, you know, just half mast and just stayed out there with a mirror. Just <gasps> For those of you who have not played Sea of Thieves, Steve created a character that has quite the impressively broad back. I'm, Lots of muscles I'm everywhere. And, and yes, he, he gallivants across the high seas completely topless. And he has garnered quite a few compliments from other gamers who... Yeah. Are very impressed with your physique. Yeah, I need a parrot though. I think a parrot sitting on my head with my captain's hat with the peacock feathers sticking out of it. I th that's all I need. Hmm. I'm waiting on Rare to release it. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that because I, I really do hope that they have just a wide selection of pets. Because I like the idea of having pets in the game. I think that's just a, a foregone conclusion that it's going to be a hit. But I hope that they go beyond just here's your parrot, here's your dog, here's right. your cat. Like I, I want some exotic pets. Yeah. I want them to bring out another instrument too. If you think about it, there's, there's the whole separate wheel. Perhaps there. a piccolo? <laughs> piccolo or a harmonica. <laughs> There's a whole separate wheel with a blank, with a lot of blank spots that other stuff can go in. Yeah. You know? You know what I'm I, saying? I have taken note of that. And I'm curious to see how much they decide to expand on that. So far, I'm the only pirate that, uh, that, that drunkenly plays instruments. Nobody else really does that. That's kind of your signature, really. I mean, because I'm always steering the ship. And right. so, uh, you know, at times it's fun to be able to have some music playing. And I always know it's you because <laughs> you always play off key. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's funny. I'll go behind, you know, someone will be on the, the map table and they'll, you know, they're looking for an island or where to go or the nearest outpost. And I'll bring out my mug and I'll stand like right over their shoulder and go, <laughs> go, you know, someone looks at me, gets over the map, looks at me like, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, if you think about it too, it really doesn't matter where you are on the ship. Like I can hear, like if you're at the bow of the ship, I can hear you drinking, which yeah. I think is pretty funny how like, it, I don't know why they had a design choice to do that, but everyone knows, oh, someone's getting drunk. I have to, I have a little Sea of Thieves story for you. So this actually happened a while ago, Russ, mm. where we were going to go, we were actually attacking a 
uh, skull uh, fort mm-hmm. with the cloud, right? I like those. And we eventually gave up because it was like, I don't know, one thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm just going to go back there. This, this was the one where you were cannonballing yourself over the rock and trying. I to, was. Yeah, we 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 had anchored the 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 ship, the sloop. Okay. Behind a rock near like shark fin fort, something like that. <laughs> and goldfish fin. Yeah. <laughs> fort. <laughs> so, and you were sneaking on their ship, and I was like up on the top of the rock, and I was like having this first, you know, just this nice view of the show of you launching yourself over there, swimming mm. in the water, avoiding the sharks, and then just causing just, you know, a ruckus. Uh-huh. Eventually, we just gave up. Well, I thought, ah, I'm just going to go back there. I can't. I can't shake it. So I go, and a storm came, and then someone else jumps on my sloop. Somebody joined me. Oh. And I was like, oh, hey, what's what, what's going on, man? And, and um, <laughs> There's always that moment of being startled, like, oh, oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> are, are the letters up top green? Are the letters up top white <laughs> yeah exactly and so he was uh he was from england and he goes oh hello mate He's like, <laughs> he goes what are we doing now what, what, you, what, are we, are we looking for something i'm like okay here's the here's what's going on okay my brother just left we kind of gave up but i kind of like harassing this this the, the ship he said, they're over there in the skull fort they're collecting a bunch of stuff and they keep on coming back and i'm just me and i'm just the sloop you know there's yeah. only one of me and four of them and so he says, all right, all right. Yeah. Is he Australian <laughs> yeah, or is he I'm English? I'm trying to do the English. I know. I'm thinking Australian. Anyhow, <laughs> so we end up pestering these guys so much, but they end up getting the key and they sail away. Uh-huh. So we go to the island and we set up this perimeter of gunpowder barrels, like in this triangle, right? And then we sneak up on the little skeleton towers. Sure. And we wait there, and we wait there, and we wait there, and like we could see him kind of way out in the distance. Where's your ship? Oh, we, he had sailed it around the island. I'm like, dude, you got to sail that thing further away. They're gonna notice it. And he goes, yeah. no, 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 it's fine right here. I'm like, all right. So <laughs> the Englishman that sounds Australian. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, he says, well, where'd you put the powder barrels? And I was like, no, there was like one right in front of us. There's one to the the left and one to the right. It's like, oh, mate, this is a proper sabotage. This is a proper sabotage mate they're gonna get so anyhow they somehow missed all the powder barrels they circled the island like three times then ran into it and um i don't know they ran their their galleon yeah, into they the ran, island yeah i don't know what what happened with them but um eventually they got all the treasure and then they, we were it was a it was a chase was on but this guy was a crack shot with the cannon like from far distance i'm like wait you're gonna waste all our ammo he goes Blam! Hits him from afar. Blam! Hits him from the far. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna keep on sailing. Then just he's keep like, doing your thing. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't catch up. Don't oh, we? No, it, it just it was it was a fun pursuit. But uh, I think I went to bed around 3 a.m. in the morning. I was pretty tired the next day. Seat of thieves will do that to you. Yeah, I've I've had one too many times that that has happened and I look in horror at the at the clock and I'm just like how long have I been playing this game and I'm dead for tomorrow but what is what else you been playing you watching anything or no and I'll tell you why because I have uh, the shape of water now that we're talking about water in the seas mm. I have we need to watch that we need to watch that it's gonna be our next patreon episode if anybody uh wants to find out that's right but i've had the dvd the blu-ray excuse me for like three weeks almost four weeks 
Has like, been that uh, long? Really? Yes, yes, it has, oh. Russ. Yes, it has. Well, you've been busy. I've been busy. We've both been busy. So, no, I haven't watched anything new um, because I want. I need to send that thing back to get something else. Mm. But um, I, uh, I know Ant-Man is on the radar for uh, when I send this one back, I'm going to get Ant-Man. So Absolutely. I'll, be, yeah. I'll have to watch that one. So I'm ready for Ant-Man and the Wasp. And uh, yeah, I think Doctor Strange is in the uh, is in the crosshairs there too, Ron. And and that's one you actually have not seen, right? I, I I've seen, like I've said, I've the animated version, so I know the story, I know the the the, the premise, <laughs> but I haven't seen the live action one. <laughs> what about you, Ron? Well, I ended up purchasing Movie Pass. If you recall, it's been something that we've talked about a couple of times on the show. Yeah. I finally decided to go ahead and get it. It's, it's like $9.95, I think, mm. per month. It allows me to see a movie a day. However, as fate would have it, the day that I signed up for it was the same day that they had a press release where... They raised the price. No, no. The, <laughs> yeah. the price is still the same, but they have removed the ability to watch the same movie as many times as you want. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, of course it happens right when Avengers Infinity War comes out. Cause I'm thinking, well, I'll just get this card and I'll just watch it like 10 times. I won't have to pay for it. Well, right. apparently they're still making some changes here and there. My hope is, is that they will bring it back because the, the reasoning behind it um, has to do with, them discovering that there are people who have the movie pass card, you know, they mail you this card that, that then it right. looks like a credit card. Yeah. You can yeah. use it. And people were actually doing user fraud with it. So like they'd be basically hooking up all their buddies at a theater using their card to just buy like the same ticket over and over and over again and give it to people who do not have a subscription to movie pass. People trying to work the system. No. Nah. Yeah. Never. Say it isn't so. So anyway, it's a bit of a bummer because that was like the clincher for me. Well, like when we were talking about it during our, our movie news, cause I, I just, I love the concept of that. And, and just especially with Avengers being out, like that was the, that was like one of the perfect movies for me to be able to go out and just really exploit that feature in a completely legal way. But something that would be a lot of fun. So as it stands, I'm, I'm still getting it. I still think it's going to be a lot of fun <laughs> to be able to go. Now, what's interesting, too, if you recall, Cinemark is fighting against it. Like, you actually cannot use MoviePass at Cinemark. You can use it at AMC as well as, like, a bunch of other types of, of movie theaters that are within your neck of the woods. But Cinemark is one of the, the very few that has decided to come out with its own competitive card so to speak and they have their own kind of stuff overall but i just decided well maybe this will be a, a kind of a nice way like like if i'm getting off work and the traffic looks horrible or whatever i can just stop off and watch a movie just a quick little movie there and i can watch <laughs> one every single day of the month i just cannot re-watch the same movie a quick two and a half hour movie and honestly, I really do hope that they're able to come back to it and just actually find a way to deal with the user fraud and then bring back that feature of being able to rewatch a movie as many times as you want. I think that that, um, at least I'm going to stay optimistic with that. Of course, I've been playing, as you mentioned earlier, no. God of War. No. And we will get into that more during our topic of the day segment, but... Just uh, giving just an initial impression of it. Um, just what, Russ? Just what? 
the production values in this game are some of the best I've ever seen. It's, it's, it's such a, a beautiful title. There are certain things about it that I think for me, the, the, the fighting mechanics, I'm still trying to get used to. And like I said, I'll, I'll get into it more later on, but been playing mostly that. I have been also playing Sea of Thieves. I actually have, um, it's not really a story, but just a scenario that happened when I was playing with Big Baby Moose. Hmm. We were also doing a Skull Fort type I of situation. Tell me about this one. Did I tell you about the one where we were actually like scavengers? No. So we get to the Skull Fort and there are already like two other galleons and a sloop and they're all fighting it out. Of course, we're coming in as well. It's, it's actually Nick, his wife and myself. And oh, oh, is this the one where I was trying to get on board with you guys and you're like, yeah, that's good, Steve. And then you finally finished up and was like, yeah, we're all going to bed. No, like, great. Because you were, I don't know what you were doing. <laughs> this was, it was weird because you were not available to play. I can't remember what the deal was, but anyway, what, it, what ends up happening, we're on a galleon as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's this big kind of free for all happening. And, um, by the time I can't remember all the details of, it, but essentially what happens is, is that you have these two other ships and they're like decked out. You can tell that these are gamers that have been playing this game a lot longer than I have. I mean, and that's saying something I'm like level 30 with gold mm-hmm. hoarders. And these, these folks had like decked out outfits and their sails and their ships and stuff were, were just all pimped out. I mean, it was just amazing. Pimp my galleon. Yeah. <laughs> Pimp my galleon. Yo. So, um, what ends up happening is that one of them ends up being able to get the key. They take out some of the treasure, but then one of the other galleons that they were fighting against comes back and they're also in this like hot pursuit mode. And at the time our ship also gets sunk, but I survive like both, both big baby moose and his wife, you know, like they end up having to get respawned somewhere. And of course they literally get respawned all the way to like the complete opposite side of the map. Like just as pretty much as far away as you can get. I'm still alive. And so I managed to swim on to the fort, the skull fort area without getting eaten by sharks and everything else. So I decided to take a look and they didn't capture all the treasure. Oh, you know what? I think I was on this one. You were. You were? I, I think I was because what had happened is we were atta- I remember playing with you guys and then my long distance girlfriend called and I said, <laughs> okay, I'm still going to be here. Uh, I'm just going to mute my microphone, but I'm still going to play. And you guys are like, okay. And so I took off my, my microphone and it was talking with her saying good night. And then I remember going back to the skull Island. I'm thinking, why are we going back here? We just saw like two guys go that way. And there's only a select amount of ships on the server, uh-huh. you know? And so we, we pull up and then there's a bunch of stuff that's just chilling there on the rocks. I'm oh, like, that's right. You were world. Yeah. You were almost, you were like halfway AFK as, as we were playing. And <laughs> I'm just like, where is Steve? Like, Oh, I think he's probably still talking to his girlfriend. So, um, yeah, that 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 in a nutshell is a story where like so I end up grabbing everything I can out from that 
and I end up putting it in this little like little stashy area of the island. And then I just, I literally wait in kind of like a little nook and cranny portion of the school fort. And there was a point where one of the enemy galleons had come by, swung, you know, swinging by the island, but then they got, they caught wind or not wind, but they just, they they spotted the other galleon. Oh, they they broke the wind. They, but they probably did too. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of breaking wind. <laughs> And so they decided to, to go into hot pursuit. And I, and I remember watching this this really cool battle in the distance where they were just firing cannons back and forth at each other and trying to, to get the, the treasure and whatnot. And all the while, Big Baby Moose is like desperately trying to get the ship back over to me. And I, I'm even like whispering to him on the mic because I because sometimes like you can hear the enemy, like they based be, on what your yeah. audio options are, like you can hear them talking. They got to be pretty close, but yeah. Yeah, and so I was just like, okay, I don't want to ruin this. And so, luckily, they are, they're able to bring the ship over. They see me. Everyone starts, you know, bringing all the stuff on. And I think we got, you know, maybe 5,000 gold worth of stuff. I mean, hey, that's not a bad haul right there. It's not as epic as being able to get, like, all the, the most expensive stuff. But having to not have to deal with someone trying to take your stuff and everything right. else. And we were able to just kind of putz our way over to an outpost and just drop it off. It's like, okay, well that works. Yeah. It's kind of more of a scavenger story. Really speaking of sea of thieves, Steve, oh boy, I have know. something to show you. So I need to, I need to grab it really quick. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Way to prepare for this show. I guess I'll just sit here and talk to myself. Ah, okay. He's behind me. He's going in the cabinet. He's looking for something. I think I'm going to take a drink of my water in the meantime. <laughs> Wet the old whistle. <laughs> I feel good. No more parchness, Russ. Okay, well, maybe get my uh, headphones on here. Uh. Yeah, yeah, um, yes, um, I have to get my headphones Sorry, on here. I was, yeah, I was channeling a little bit of the old, uh, uh, uh Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so, I decided to get into the mood and, uh... Chop off my own hand and, and put on a hook. Got myself. Oh, yes. A limited edition Sea of mm. Thieves Xbox One controller. Nice. One of the buttons is gold. Kind of like a gold tooth. Yeah, it looks like a gold eh? tooth. Yep. And it's got a skull on it. I I wish it was kind of like colored like the title page skull of the Sea of Thieves. But. Did you notice the little barnacle action on, on the side that you're holding? Yeah. They've actually like like yeah, sculpted yeah. it into the, the controller itself. Yeah. It looks all kind of uh, algaed up. Uh-huh. Like it's been sitting in the water for a while and stuff's grown on it. And I got a matching controller charger for it to ah, sit on. Ah, look at you. Look at you, Ross. Very nice. Meanwhile, I just still have my wired, litted controller. Indeed. At, uh, my, uh, my Casa de Stevovich. Doesn't that look nice, though, in the presentation? It does. I was playing with uh, that controller, I think about two nights ago. And I, and I got to say, I have to admit, it is even more fun to play Sea of Thieves with that controller. Oh, please. Did you notice? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> like, it's just fun. Like, like, did you notice how this is actually a compass? Yeah. You have the north, south, east, west on, on the analog stick there. I think that's pretty clever. 
Mm-hmm. That's good, Russ. That's pretty cool. Yeah, eh? it's the simple things, you know. And what's cool too about the paint job is that depending on how the light is hitting it, there's a kind of an iridescent quality where like this up here actually turns from a black color to more of a purple color. It's oh, pretty cool. So if we turn it on, it'll do it. Uh, no, if you turn it on, then just the, the Xbox guide oh, button will okay. be illuminated. But like I said, it depends on how the light hits this part up here, but mm. it's pretty sweet. Okay. All things considered. Okay, Rush. So, you know, just getting into the spirit of Sea of Thieves. It's a fun game. I hope they continue to support it and we'll see how it goes. I uh, defeated the Kraken. I forgot if I told you. You so did got, tell me. So I got the uh, that achievement. You know, actually, I also got the achievement, but I wasn't fighting the, the Kraken. And I think it was more of, it's just one of those delayed responses, mm. but just because of that whole, you know, putting the, the achievements on hold temporarily because Rare had to fix some bugs or whatever. Because I, I mean, I've fought the Kraken multiple times and I've survived it. Like they, it's gone away. So I'm thinking, surely I've unlocked that achievement. And sure enough, the most recent time I played, as soon as I got spawned into the world, it's like, I'm like, okay, there it is. What else is new, Steve? That's about it with me. Well, I know because we're talking about me now. Now, Avengers. I cannot get Avengers off my brain. Off the noodle. I have been obsessing over that this entire week. Can't get it off the ramen. It's amazing. I mean, I, I was looking at, at how even with, with the uh, opening weekend, it, it smashed oh records. God. I mean, it made $257 million oh, a Hulk smash. It, was just, it dethroned Star Wars The Force Awakens as the highest grossing opening weekend ever. I don't doubt it. Such a good movie. We're going to have to watch it again. We will. And again. We will. And again. We will. But yeah, I think that's about all that's new with me. Is there anything else that you'd like to no, share? Russ. No, Russ. Okay, well, let's get right into some gaming news then, huh, Steve? We haven't done this in a while. We've been, I know. We have some catching up to do. So to start things off properly, Firewatch. Do you remember that game I was playing for Xbox One? I do. The uh, One of the voice, the main voice in that game is a guy from Mad Men. There you go. Yeah. Firewatch developer, Campo Santo. Acquired by Valve Software. Oh. Wow. Firewatch developer Campo Santo has been acquired by Valve. I have a quote here for you. We had a series of long conversations with the people at Valve, and everyone shared the satisfaction we take in working with people whose talents dwarf our own to make things we never thought possible, the post reads. The quote continues, both sides spoke about our values and how, when you get right down to it, we as human beings are hard limited by the time we have left when it comes to making the things we care about and believe in. They asked us if we'd all be interested in coming up to Bellevue and doing that there. And we said yes, end quote. So pretty cool. I mean, that's Valve is one of the, the creme de la creme companies to work for. And it says, as part of Valve Campo Santo, we'll, we will still continue its work on... What on their, their current title, which is called In the Valley of Gods, which is a first-person adventure set in the 1920s Egypt, which was announced last year, as well as continuing to support its first game, Firewatch. Huh. Campo Santo was formed, by the way, in 2013, made up of talent including former developers from Telltale and Clay, and currently has 12 employees. So congratulations to all of them. I think 
that's a very wise move to be able to continue doing what you're doing. And it sounds like they were able to strike an accord. Now get on to Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, that's like your all-time favorite game, isn't it? Nah, not my all-time favorite game, but I mean, Half-Life 1 was great. Half-Life 1.5 was great. I, 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 you never got on the bandwagon, Russ. I, it's still a game I need to finish. And you never will. <laughs> Microsoft is being sued for patent infringement of a game engine. GameIndustry.biz reports that the company is being accused of infringement of two patents. Which, by the way, in case you're very, very curious, our numbers... <gasps> Uh, 6,362,822 and 7,061,488. That's not randomized at all. Pertaining to graphical lighting and shadowing methods. Terminal Reality licensed the Infernal Engine to a number of studios, including Microsoft. Shaman Arif reports, the filing states that the gaming engines used in a number of Microsoft games, including Gears of War 4, Halo 5, and Sea of Thieves demonstrate this, and that, quote, Microsoft's knowing infringement has been egregious and willful, end quote. According to the filing, Terminal Reality began working with Microsoft in 1995. The claim that Microsoft is aware of the patent stems from a patent filing of its own back in 2005 relating to, quote, the use of pre-computed shadow fields and lighting and shading techniques used in video games, end quote. The patent was rejected in light of Terminal Reality's existing patents, 822 and 488, both of which are at the center of this lawsuit. Between 2007 and 2009, this is where... You know, more details are starting to emerge here. Microsoft continued to tweak the patent application, which continued to be rejected, quote, based upon the disclosure in the 488 patent, end quote. Microsoft finally overcame the rejections in 2009, at which time they asked Terminal Reality to develop a Star Wars video game. And during development, asked for access to the source code for the Infernal Engine, which Terminal Reality granted. Microsoft is being accused of being aware of its conduct or, quote, willfully blind to the possibility that its acts would induce such direct infringement, end quote, of the patents in question, particularly as it's been familiar with the patents since 2005. So anyway, I mean, it goes on and on. In fact, EA tried its luck at challenging the validity of patents 822 and 488 in 2016, arguing that they were unpatentable. EA's challenge was subsequently rejected and they entered into a formal settlement agreement with Terminal Reality. The case has significantly more weight to it, taking the legal precedent set by these 2016 proceedings into account. So is it, I mean, th this particular article caught my attention just because working in the gaming industry, this is a constant item that people have to be aware of just because you have certain game companies who are licensing the game engines and then based off of that they're trying to make like specialized source code and whatnot and especially considering with Sea of Thieves I wonder how this is going to play out ultimately just because this is a game that Microsoft has dumped a lot of money into to get it working do you have any thoughts on that Steve? No I don't Ross I, I kind of got lost in all this legal jargon mumble jumbo <laughs> I'm just going to jive right here to the music you just say it for the viewers I was going to dance you are such a blank canvas Steve <laughs> Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> Portal 2, and more. Get Xbox One X enhancements. Brandon Tyrell reports a handful of classic <laughs> Xbox 360 games are getting the Xbox One X enhancement treatment starting <gasps> today. 
The six games include Darksiders, Gears of War 2, Portal 2, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption, Sonic Generations, and Star Wars The Force Unleashed. All these updates are available and should start automatically downloading to your Xbox One X. I was loud in my ear, but thank you. You like that? You like the little hissing? I felt like I was going to get bit by a snake. God of War reviews make it the highest rated PS4 exclusive of all time. IGN, 10 out of 10. Polygon, 10 out of 10. Games Radar, 10 out of 10. Destructoid, 10 out of 10. Telegraph, 10 out of 10. US Gamer, 10 out of 10. Game Reactor, 10 out of 10. Easy Allies, 10 out of 10. So far, there have been 21 perfect 100 critic review scores. And I think it's also worth mentioning that it is the fastest selling PS4 title in history selling over 3 million units in the first three days of it being released. Congratulations, Sony Computer Entertainment. You deserve it. <laughs> now, to wrap things up with uh, gaming news, we have the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Now, full disclosure, I've already seen this, and so has Steve. <laughs> However... I think it's appropriate that we give it another watch. What do you say, Steve? Huh? I don't think it matters what I say, bro. So I think you're just push play anyway. <laughs> Listen to me. We don't want to kill any of you. But trust me, we will. Wake him up a little. This whole thing is pretty much done. We're more ghosts than people. Got to keep faith. They will not crush us. Good old Dutch. My best friend. You know how we met? A pair of hucksters trying to rob each other. Back in 78 or thereabouts. You have to love yourself a fire. One of the blessings. Sure, we can have fire. And we can have the knowledge of fire. But with that comes the knowledge of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a robbery. Sons of Dutch. Makes us brothers. Sometimes, brothers make mistakes. You will never change. I know that. All of you venerate savagery. And you will die savagely. Get out here! Stay strong. Stay with me. You have to love yourself afar. be rated E for everyone. <laughs> <clears throat> Somehow I I think they have a good chance of getting that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to rub yourself a fire. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and when they say what's going to come out, October 23rd, is that right? Yeah, sometime for Halloween, right? 
man, I can't remember if it said October 23rd or October 26th. It's it's somewhere in the 20s. Somewhere in October. Somewhere before Halloween. (laughs) Gonna get dressed up like a cowboy. We don't want to hurt nobody. All right, let me light our sails on fire. Oh man, I absolutely loved the first Red Dead Redemption game. That is one of my all-time favorite games I have ever played. It was so balanced, so well paced. Gosh, man, it was it was just amazing. And it's crazy to know that game I believe came out. I want to say in 2010, right around there, I believe it, it was right. I, th- I believe it was like 2009, 2010, somewhere around there, which would place it as being a game that's at least eight years old. I mean, that's that's, that's saying, saying something. something. Jinx. <laughs> it's like stereo. <laughs> Even maybe THX. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, you know, I have a couple of thoughts, Ross. A, it was kind of slow going. It's not like it wasn't a very exciting trailer. B, it's a very story driven trailer. Mm-hmm. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't focus on you know bang bang pew pew pew, uh, you know shoot them up kind of stuff. They they focused more on the 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 story itself, the, the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Not all not a camaraderie, but I mean all the conversational stuff that's going to be driving the story. Uh, I almost dumped my water out right there. <laughs> so that's that. I mean, in this day and age where everything's multiplayer and whatnot, that it's cool for them to focus more on the story. Did you recognize anybody in that trailer? Uh, I did. Well, I thought I remember, oh, I forgot his name, but the main character from the first Red Dead Redemption. That would be John Marston, Steve. Marston. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm just bad. I'm bad with the names. I actually don't remember if you even played the first Red Dead Redemption. Or if I, why would you even ask me if I recognized anybody if you're like, oh, did you even play it? Well, because I, oh, as I'm thinking about it, like, yes, I know, I know I played it right away. I think, were you kind of a late bloomer to yes. playing that game? Okay. Because like, you were more, I know you're a GTA guy. Mm-hmm. I never played Red Dead Revolver. Okay. I played Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Yeah. Love that game. I was reading a bit about how that game is. It's kind of a prequel in the sense where like a lot of the characters that you interacted with, because if you recall at the beginning of Red Dead Redemption 1, you wake up like, like basically like you were left for dead yeah. as John Marston. And like you were, you used to have a gang and everything else. This is the gang. Like yeah. the, these okay. are the people who, um, Makes sense. were a bit younger. And, and apparently the, the game developers were talking about how they don't want to necessarily coin it as a prequel. They want to have it be something a bit more of like a connected tissue or connective tissue to the first Red Dead Redemption. Oh, speaking of tissues. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a Kleenex box. Right, yeah, yeah. If, if you need, you know, I might need one. If you need something. Yeah. So anyway, I, I for one, I actually really like that approach. I think it's cool. I, I don't know if you'll necessarily play as John Marston. I think there's another main protagonist or anti-hero. I don't even know. But one of the big takeaways for me for this is just 
I found myself thinking about Hollywood and Westerns and how for me personally, there are very few memorable quality Western movies. Like for me, like my absolute favorite Western movie is Tombstone. And that has just never been topped in my book. Like just, just everything about that film to me is exactly what I want in a Western movie. And you'll have certain films that kind of have little inklings of it here and there and whatnot. But really when I played red dead redemption, that was like the first time I had some sort of like story experience since tombstone where I was like, man, I love where this is going. I love everything about it. This feels like a Western. And once again, just watching the trailer to red dead redemption two, you can tell, I mean, that Rockstar is firing on all cylinders. And I'm, I, I, for one, am very much excited to see how the story, not necessarily, obviously, it's, it's progressing in its own way, but it's not going after the events of what happened at the end of Red Dead 1. But rather, like, because I think in Red Dead 1, doesn't it occur around, like, 1911? In the early 1900s, yeah. Or 1909, or somewhere around there. It was, like, right at the, at the turn. 1907? I don't... I don't I don't remember. But this one takes place in 1899, I think. Hmm. Yeah, right before 1900s. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I, I, I did my due diligence because I recommended that game to a, uh, a friend of mine. I had him pick it up. Oh. And he had played the game all the way till like, he had 98% done, basically. And we had, I mean, he just stopped. He was like, oh, yeah, the game's great. I finished it. I'm like, oh, awesome. And I didn't go into details about the ending of the game. Hmm. And so it came up in conversation uh, at one point and it dawned on me that he was talking about what he thought was the end of the game. Ah. And so I looked at him and went, wait, 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 wait. You thought that was the end? He goes, well, yeah, you know, you this and that and the other happens. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh-huh. And I, I look at him, my eyes go, you know, as big as <laughs> quarters. And I, no, 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 no. Okay, tonight. We play, you know, uh, I'll show you what happens. And he goes, okay. We start to play the game. And of course it's a little bit slow going in that one little bit. Yep. And then, toward, and then it just shoots to the moon and he goes, oh my gosh. He goes, kids go to bed, <laughs> go to bed. He, he like does the parental <laughs> pointing of the finger. <laughs> the kid's are like, wait, do you want to see what happens? You're like, no, I'm like, you don't want to see what happens. <laughs> oh, Seriously man. has one of the best endings to a game ever. It was so satisfying how the first Red Dead Redemption game ended. I, I, I was just absolutely floored. Everyone I have talked to who's played and beaten the game totally agrees. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say, ah, that ending sucked. I didn't like that. That'd be a good game to go back through with Xbox One uh, S, X, 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 yes. Uh, enhance, uh, just to see how, uh, how uh, all the improvements they made of that game. Our buddy Sean actually is currently going back yeah. through Red Dead, doing another playthrough in anticipation Sean. for the sequel. And he was he was even saying he's like, man, this gosh, this game is so good. Yeah. Like you could tell it's kind of dated because obviously oh, it was done course. eight yeah. years ago, right. but still, it's like quality, mm-hmm. absolute quality. Let's segue into some movie news. There is an absolute ton to talk about here. Why don't you make it snappy, Russ? Okay. Marvel Studios will not be in Hall H at SDCC this year. Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige confirmed to Screen Rant the company will be absent from the Hall H this summer. 
I have a quote here for you. He said, we're going to do, um, of course, Marvel will have a presence at Comic-Con, Feggy said. He continued on, quote, Marvel Studios will have a presence there only in that there will be a 10th anniversary materials and a 10th anniversary panel. Not doing Hall H this year, end quote. He didn't provide a reason for the decision, which is surprising considering Marvel usually has a strong presence. And I completely agree because every time I've ever gone to SDCC, Marvel is one of like the, the big heavyweights that comes in and they no. just have panel after panel after panel. No. It's just surprising. And see, you've never been to SDCC. No way. Marvel will have your presence. This is one of those things where you... Man, Steve, we need to get you over there. What I wonder about, too, though, is just what does that spell in terms of just what the future of Marvel Studios is going to hold? Because it's not, again, we're not talking about just the comic book wing of Marvel. We're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's right. Part of me thinks about them doing it on purpose just to avoid everybody asking questions about what's going to happen in part two of Avengers Infinity War. Kind of doing a little little hush hush. Do you ah. do you have any comments, Steve? I'm I'm am waiting for you to add something to this. I, I don't have any comments, Russ. Yeah, blank canvas. Yeah, you can paint on it what you will. <laughs> just don't roll on it around naked on it, okay? <laughs> Anyway, initially, I thought that it was going to be something to be worried about just because I didn't know if they were rolling back their their kind of overall footprint of the show. But I, I'm going to be I'm going to stay optimistic. I think it's, it's, it's literally the fact that they want to just kind of bring everything close to the chest before the, the big reveal of part two of Avengers Infinity War. <gasps> Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, a return to normal life after Avengers 4. And I don't know what happened just there. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to happen. And we're back. <laughs> Man, the music stops and so does life. Oh, my goodness. It was like, whoa. Jim reports Marvel Studios is deliberately following the cosmic Avengers 4 opening May 3rd, 2019 with an earthbound return to normal life in the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, which opens two months later. How about them apples? How about them oranges? Similarly, after Avengers 4, Peter will try to resume his life as a student in a story that will be set in various locations around the world. Quote, what is it like to try to go back to our normal life after what happens in the movie, which he's talking about is Infinity War, not to mention that happens in the next Avengers movie also. End quote. And I have another quote here for you. It's fun to see that because he can represent, you know, the world as a whole as they try to move forward, Feggy said. And you can do it in a way that is tonally unique and tonally different. Not totally, bind you, tonally. Not tonally? Like T-O-N? Okay, never mind. Yeah, like tone. That's what he's saying. Tone, but tonally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and tonally different than certainly the two Avengers films that the people are about to see. End quote. The still-untitled Spidey sequel will be directed by Homecoming Helmer, John Watts, and is slated to open July 5th, 2019. And of course, Tom Holland will once again star. I think that I have something I want to be able to share with you, Steve, and that is, 
I think it's becoming a bit of a problem for Marvel to just keep announcing these films that are so far in advance because yeah. I think it's stealing some of the yeah. gravitas. Yeah, that's what I was saying back when they were releasing uh, the Black Panther movie. And then right after they was like, oh, yeah, yeah he obviously lives because, uh, you know, here's the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they're going to have to kind of rein that in a bit. I mean, it's good to know that they are, they're still fully supporting different types of comic book characters in these films. But, I mean, once again, it's like that that whole kind of quote-unquote death scene that we've seen. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Anyway. Well, but, of course, they'll slap Tom Holland on the wrist for releasing too much, you know, too many secrets of Spider-Man or whatever. But, you know... Here's all this other movie stuff coming out. You know, it's, it, it seems like they're they're saying you can't release news about the movies. Only we can release news about the movie. Yeah. James Cameron yearns for Avengers fatigue. According to IndieWire, Cameron openly critiqued the Avengers series when speaking to reporters this weekend, saying, "Quote: I'm hoping we'll still get." Avengers fatigue here pretty soon. Not that I don't love the movies. Ah. It's just, come on, guys. There are other stories to tell besides hypergonadal males. What? <laughs> hypergonadal males without families doing death-defying things for two hours and wrecking cities in the process, end quote. James, uh, James Cameron needs to shut the front door. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he's got a point in a way like, yeah, okay. Plenty of stuff to talk about in life. Lots of drama. Good stories. No one wants superhero saturation. But you know what? With the release of such a phenomenal movie that just came out. Man, you're distracting me right now. <laughs> I mean, why why take a dump on it? Why spit on it? Yeah. I mean, everyone had such a great time. Thanks, Cameron. Like, could you have said that any other time? It would have been okay. Absolutely. And, and he, he got in trouble with Wonder Woman. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know about that one. On a more sober note, Austin Powers, mini-me actor, Vern uh, Troyer yeah. dies. Uh, he was 49 years old. And of course, he became a household name as mini-me in the Austin Powers movies. From what I have gathered, he was a really cool dude. Like, just super nice, really accessible. Anytime he went to some of these, like, Comic-Con conventions or other types of conferences and whatnot, he was totally approachable, really like down to earth kind of guy. So it's unfortunate. I, I want to send condolences out to his family. Han Solo actor Alden, man, this is a hard last name. It's like, just sneeze and you'll get it right. Ehrenreich er, uh, has signed on for more movies as Solo. So obviously, spoiler alert: Solo lives in this movie. Well, yeah, <laughs> this movie is a prequel. It takes place before episodes four, five, and six. I couldn't so pass of that up. Of course, he survives. I couldn't pass it up. In an interview with Esquire for its latest cover story, Aaron Reich was asked how many films he signed up for as Han Solo. To which he replied, three. The actor then flinched. Before adding, <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's officially uh, public, but yeah. <laughs> Once Oops. again, Disney execs are going. Argh, argh. Disney, and speaking of Disney, Disney announces digital and Blu-ray release date for Marvel's Black Panther. I'm sure Steve will be in line for that one on day one. A recent post on the film's official Twitter account, the MCU hit will be available on digital movies anywhere and 4K UHD on May 8th and will hit Blu-ray on May 15th. 
and still be available to watch in theaters. Maybe. I mean, it's doing so well. <laughs> Stranger Things is definitely getting a fourth season. Here's a quote here for you. I mean, I will say we have a good sense of stuff that happens in season four. Season four is definitely happening, Levy told Collider. There's very much the possibility of a season beyond that one. That's currently undecided, end quote. Shibana Arav reports Stranger Things was renewed for a third season at the end of last year, and filming kicked off earlier this week. The first four scripts for the season have been written, with the rest getting written as they shoot. I'm very curious to see where they decide to take this show. I'm glad you're on the uh, the Stranger Things bandwagon as well. Seems like, like they're kind of writing this uh, as they go, like they're, I don't know, what's that saying? They're flying by the seat of their pants, something yeah. like that. We'll figure it out as we go. We're winging it. I do, I don't know, I'm curious to see how it's going to go because with season two, even though I liked it, I didn't think it was as memorable as the first season. I think the first season definitely was never as much stronger. That's not true, Steve. That's not true. Lord of the Rings, Two Towers. I like the first one better than the second one, but Empire I know you like the second back. one. Better. I, I like the first one better than the second one. For Star Wars? Yeah. You, you like A New Hope more than Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Okay. This is the same with Lord of the Rings, Russ. Two Towers. Fellowship, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> Deadpool two-year anniversary edition Blu-ray announced. The Deadpool two-year anniversary Blu-ray was released on April 24th, complete with new collectible packaging and an assortment of limited edition party favors, including temporary tattoos, car decals, stickers, and a set of paper dolls. Best Buy will have a Deadpool two-year anniversary edition 4K UHD steel book with new cover art, the aforementioned party favors, and two exclusive patches. Check out an image gallery of the Deadpool 2 Anniversary Edition online. I'm sure you can find it on just do like image Google search or whatever. For a low, low price of $99.99.99. The <clears throat> Deadpool 2 Year Anniversary Edition will include the following special features. Are you ready, Steve? No, I'm not. I'm going to tell you anyway. Deleted slash extended scenes with optional audio commentary by director Tim Miller. There's a gag reel, which you know is going to be fantastic. Deadpool's fun sack. I don't even want to know. And yet I do. Audio commentary with Miller and Deadpool co-creator Rob Layfield. That's one of your your OG uh, artists there, Steve. And that's right. Audio commentary with Ryan Reynolds and writers Paul Wernick and Rhett Rees. From comics to screen to screen. Featurette. Galleries, concept art, storyboards, costumes, previs, and stunt viz. Starting May 15th, a variety of films at Walmart will have Deadpool themed. Check this out, Steve. Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure you're, you're listening to this. Okay. Starting May 15th, a variety of films at Walmart will have Deadpool themed Blu ray cover arts. The Merc with a Mouth with <laughs> will essentially photobomb the covers of Logan, Edward Scissorhands. Predator, War for the Planet of the Apes, Revenge of the Nerds, and a few other movies. They'll be available in stores and online. Yeah, there are gonna be people, there, there's there's gonna be a small group of people who are wanting to buy all that stuff, but other other folks are gonna be like, oh, that's funny. I'll just keep what I have, thanks. <laughs> you know, Deadpool two comes out in a couple weeks. I know. 
I'm very excited. What, yeah. It's such a great time to be alive. Such a great time to spend money. We got Avengers Infinity War earlier this month. And then we're going to go right into Deadpool 2. And then right after that, we're going to go into uh, Solo, a uh, Star Wars story. I think you have to bring your wife to the uh, Deadpool 2. Did, did your wife ever see the first Deadpool? She did. Did she like it? She did. Wow. The women love the Deadpool. Mm, they do indeed. I know my girlfriend liked it. So... <laughs> So, yes, we have two trailers that I wanted to get our reactions on, one of which mm-hmm. both of you and I have seen, which no. is the Venom trailer. Which but I already got reactions on, I guess. But we haven't seen it together. <laughs> okay. And the second one is one I have not seen, oh. which is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Have you seen it? Yeah. Steve... We're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> I liked it After better when you podcast. didn't say anything. <laughs> We're gonna. We, we need to get back to not seeing it, so we get our first time impressions. I know I'm guilty of this as well. Oops, I'm guilty of this as well. Oh, but I'm still curious to see what you're gonna say. Yeah, okay, let's go. Thank you for bringing us collectively to this moment. It is a moment that so many have dreamed of claiming. History starts today. you work for is an evil person. I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you going to behave yourself tomorrow? I told you I'm going to do my job. I'm a reporter. I follow people that do not want to be followed. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people? You're time to go. You're finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat? You had to learn how to hide in plain sight. I'm pretty good at it. But you, you suck. Whoever you are. I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. I'm feeling really sick. I'm hearing a voice. Not real. You were just in my head. I'm gonna need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? If you're gonna stay, you will only hurt bad people. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. Do we have a deal? willing to sacrifice the one thing you hold most dear you should be extremely afraid what the hell are you we You know, it was a while that um, I saw that trailer, and um, I, I really like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's weird because the first time I saw it, there were things that I liked about it, and then, then um, when I when the big reveal of Venom 
at the end comes up, I actually thought it was a bit underwhelming. I thought that it almost kind of reminded me of Spawn CG from like the, the, the mid 90s. But watching it again, it's like, man, you know, it's growing on me. Like, I really like it a lot. But I wish that I wish they didn't show him at the end. That would have been a nice surprise to see in the theater. Yeah. I think that it, they just had to because you had fans out mm-hmm. there who are they're going to they're going to judge it like they're basically going to judge whether or not they're going to go see the movie based on how Venom looks. The actual I know, the trailer looks so good. Yeah, I, I don't think it mattered. You know, it dawned on me. I have. How are they going to? I mean, he's the anti-hero, so he's just going to be like causing destruction the whole entire time. And who is going to be the hero to, to you know? knock venom out you know i think it's an origin story so it's definitely an anti-hero hmm. approach which i think is really cool it's a definitely a different type of approach that we have really not seen when mm-hmm. as it as it applies to just comic book movies tom hardy he's amazing he's is so good dude um man i can't wait to hear how that inner voice is going to sound in the theater yeah, you know it's gonna it's gonna come from behind, like like, like all the audio. It's not gonna be a direct voice from the front. It's gonna be all like the rear. Speed. Yeah. Did you know that actually the voice of Venom is performed by Tom Hardy as well? That's oh. his voice. That's no, well, I mean, probably auto. Yeah, auto-tuned, well, yeah. obviously, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they've they've processed it and everything else, but the performance is him. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot to just like about that, and even when I think about the first attempt at, at Venom, which was done by, uh, I believe it was Topher Salinas. No, Topher. I can't remember the, the actor's last name, but Topher or Tofu. No, it's Topher something or other, but he was in the social network. Okay. Oh no. What am I What am I saying? I'm getting my, my actors messed up. He was on that 70s show. I didn't watch that 70s show. I watched, watched that. You never watched that 70s show? Not that 70s show. I watched the other seven. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the, the, the depiction of Venom from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series and Spider-Man 3, I did not like at all. I think that this with Tom Hardy... Even like like even if the CG is not for some reason not as good, which I think I think once honestly, I think what happened was they rushed out kind of a reveal of Venom before the, the studios were ready to show it. Like they were still working on the CG, but they finally got it to a point where it's like, okay, that one looks good enough, and they just needed to like throw something in there. So I, I think that once the movie comes out and we see it on the big screen, I think it's gonna look pretty sweet. It better. Now the second uh, film. The second trailer is Ant-Man versus the, Wa- versus the Wasp. I cannot talk. Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? Not long. It just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. 
now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The only chance we've got is both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems more intense. You go low, I go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? What I miss? We were just tiny. It takes two to make a thing go right. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? My record, 21 feet. You? 65 feet. 65. If you two are finished comparing sizes, 65. There's always got to be like a size joke and all that. It's like saying the same joke 20,000 times. Yeah, exactly. So, I think it looks fun. I think it definitely kind of... What is it? It, it, it fleshes out kind of the Marvel Universe. You can't have every single one be as serious, sober, or crazy like fight-tastic as uh, some of the other ones like Captain America and Thor and whatnot. And that's actually a good thing, I got to say. I really liked Ant-Man in Civil War. I thought that um, the standalone Ant-Man movie, you know, it was a fun movie. I wonder what James Cameron thought of that one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. Did you have any thoughts about the the trailer? No, not until I see the first Ant-Man, Russ. Oh, I I thought you did see the first one. That that one's next coming out on the list, Russ, oh, on the Netflix list. My goodness! Thanks for. Would you like me to thanks, watch it with you? Thanks for. Tuning Do you want me you, out. you want you want some uh, bro time? Huh, bro time? Yeah, I've been waiting for bro time. You don't have any bro time for me, Russ. Oh, I always have bro time with you. But I will say that uh, I didn't really laugh too much on that trailer, Russ. I didn't either. I mean, I chuckled at a couple of moments and stuff, but again, I don't think I'm going to be. It's. It's not going to be like a laugh out loud type of film. I think it's going to be fun to just go watch and just be entertained and see what happens. Are you sure about that, Russell? Pretty sure. The Guardians of the Galaxy was pretty funny. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy is laugh out loud funny. It's a good plan, except it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do believe it is time for that day of the topic. What do you say, Astrid? should have taken my headphones off. That was so loud. I feel like I was like in the middle of an orchestra and everybody had their 
instruments and horns like pointed right at my head. Oh, so loud. I was thinking for a second, did you say the, the day of the topic? And I'm like, wait, hold on. What would you say, Rose? And then the thing, oh. I wish I got that on video. It was so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> to see me with this big, like, horn, like someone playing the horn, <laughs> like, right in my ear. Oh. I did have one good ear. Now I'm not so sure. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Oh, man. Okay. Woo. Bring it back to the fold. Focus. Our topic of the day is to talk about the God of War playthrough impressions. I have not finished my way through God of War, although I have actually made my way, I would say, a, a significant... Uh, honestly, I don't even know how far I am into the game. I've put about 10 hours into it. I've heard that it's probably about like a eh, 25 to 30 hour play experience, but I wanted to be able to share with all of you listeners out there kind of my my impressions of the game so far. I know that there are others who have been binge playing the game and have been able to beat it and that sort of thing, but I'm just taking my time with it, just trying to get to grips with it. Full disclosure, this is actually the first God of War game I've ever played. I've actually gone to friends' houses who were playing the, the previous God of War titles and just had a lot of fun. Just It's one of those types of games where I didn't mind watching what was going on. And I was always impressed with the the kind of the memorable moments, the the cinematic scripted scenes that would occur and some of the, the, the crazy just visual spectacle of everything going on. But I never actually played the game until now, until um, the latest God of War title for PS4. There's actually quite a bit that I wanted to cover with this. Um, I suppose the first thing to really talk about is the reviews that it's gotten. It's gotten almost across the board 10 out of 10s, which we mentioned earlier in the program. That's something for me that I really um, was kind of surprised to see. Were you surprised about that, Steve? Well, it doesn't happen too often there, Rod. So maybe a little bit surprised, but they, let's see, I think Sony put a lot of money in, a lot of uh, attention to this one. The the game itself, I believe, was in development for like five years. So it was, it was probably around the same development cycle as GTA 5. And GTA 5, I can't remember if it got a perfect 10 out of 10. Uh, from a lot of different places. I know it was up there. I know it was probably at least a 9.7, 9.8, something like that, but it may have been a 10. I'll have to double check on that and get back to you on the next episode. Yeah, why don't you get back to me, Russ? But I appreciate that. I was I was pretty floored to see that before I even bought the game. I saw just all these different reviewers giving it these perfect 10 out of 10s. And so the reason why I'm taking the time to kind of rehash that again is just... For my experience thus far, I don't see it being 10 out of 10. I see it more like my, my experience so far has been more of a 9 out of 10 experience. Mm. Now, I have heard from other people who have played through the entire game 
that it's more about like the, the, there's a certain point where that you reach into the game where all of a sudden it's like, whoa, and like you just completely get blown away by everything. And then at that point, that's when everything gets tied together and it becomes this 10 out of 10 game. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I've reached that point or not. I'm going to guess no, I haven't reached that point yet. So I'm going to kind of just share what I've experienced thus far. I think the graphics are some of the best graphics I've ever seen. Um, it's just, it's insane how much detail they've been able to get out of the, the game engine itself. The environments are insanely detailed. Kratos himself, I mean, the physique, um, he was actually sculpted by this artist by the name of uh, Raphael Grissetti. Hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but I have been a big fan of his work for years. He's actually on ZBrush Central. He's a big ZBrush guy. Thank you for playing footsie with me under the, the uh, table. There, Steve. I can't put my feet anywhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get comfortable. But anyway, um, I was particularly excited to see his work in this game just because I've, like I said, I've been following a lot of his personal mm. portfolio work. I bet you have. This guy, I mean, he's a young dude Ooh. and he mm. has a complete command of the, of just the, the human anatomy and Man. even the, the software itself. And even though you were mocking me right now, <laughs> if I were to show you his portfolio, you'd be very impressed. I'm sure I would, Russ. I'm very excited uh, but, you know, for him as well as the, the entire team that worked on, on this game just because you could tell there's a lot of TLC that went into it. That's great. Blow your nose. One thing that the environments are missing. I'm just coming from my... Perspective, Russ. From what little I have seen of the game, okay? I mean, I've been begging to come over and watch you play. Actually, there was a night, and I was like, Russ, can you show me, you know, come over? And you're like, well, the wife and I are going to watch a movie or something. Like, I'll let you know. I'm like, okay, three and a half hours later. Oh, well, yeah, come on over. I'm like, Russ, it's like nearly 10 o'clock. I'm not going to leave the house now to come over. Good freaking grief. And then it was like, oh, man, you should have seen what happened when I was playing that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know, Russ. You know what? That actually is not entirely my fault, like the way you try to spin it over there, Baldy. There have been plenty of times where you've had your face stuck in your little phone, and I keep saying, look at this part. Look at this part. Yeah, well, Steve, what are you doing? Look at this part. Uh, 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 oh, hold on a second. I'm that, texting my girlfriend. Texting your long-distance girlfriend is important. <laughs> But otherwise, when I'm in here, you're like, oh, where do I go now? If I go over here and I throw my axe at this, what happens? I'm like, yeah, th- and that is one of the funny things about the situation is that for some reason, you seem to like always be over here during the more of the puzzle oriented uh, sequences as man. opposed to the action sequences. There have been some super epic action sequences that I just, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't played the game yet. So I'll, I'll tell you offline, <laughs> but um, yeah, just, I mean, I suppose I could talk about that a little bit right now without going into detail. Cause like I said, I want to be sensitive to those who haven't bought the game or haven't played it yet. The action sequences, at least the ones that I've come across so far have been very impressive. I mean, just, just it, I am really shocked at the type of animations that they're able to achieve as well as just in terms of the level of detail and the scale. Ooh. I think that's the biggest thing about it was that the creative director, Corey um, Barlog was, was talking about how he really wanted to place emphasis on 
the scale of the environments just to give it that ancient feel like, like mm-hmm. kind of that grandiose feel back in the day when back things were, were a lot. In the day. Steve, are you done? No. I can't. Get it out of your system. Go nah, ahead. Nah, 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 go ahead. We'll all wait for you, Steve. <laughs> go. Someone's a little ornery over there. <laughs> anyway, um, I, for one, really liked how they, they made a conscious effort to have more of that grand scale of things. So, like, no matter if it was, like, a certain type of character or it was the actual vistas that Kratos and his son were visiting, I think that they were very successful in doing so. I think the biggest challenge for me right now is the fighting mechanic. I, have, for one, have not mastered just the memorization of what does what there. Cause they're the, the way that they're button mapped and everything else. And especially like how you have to upgrade your weapons and upgrade your abilities and also upgrade like your, your runics and everything else, a rune, excuse me. Like it's just, I'm still trying to get to grips with that. And I think that's kind of affecting my play experience when it comes to the fighting portion. I would say if they had a little more Castlevania type fighting in there, it would make it a bit more of a spectacle. Because right now it's like, okay, I'm going to throw my axe at him. Wait a minute. Okay, bring it back. Throw it again. And, you know, and then every once in a while there would be some, you know, execution, you know, finishing move kind of thing. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, but it, as, you know, there's a handful of enemies and it's, you fight them and that's it, you know, sort of thing. I, it just doesn't seem like it's, grandiose like as if it could be something bigger you know mm-hmm. i was gonna say something in the beginning russ and then you started going off on your little tangent i was gonna talk about the backgrounds the graphics because you're like oh man look at this and they do look good what would look better though Russ, is if they had some sort of uh animation with the backgrounds like if if you the ice was like dripping or something, or if there was rocks I and mean, maybe some some rocks like fell down or uh, cracked a little bit, or some wind blew some snow off one of the mountains. They do have that. Oh, oh do they? Because I every all of the little stuff I've seen has just been pretty static right there. Russ. I'm telling you, it is uncanny how every time you're actually here watching oh. where I'm at. It's, it's, it's definitely not like, cause like there are moments like, for instance, I'm in a boat with my son and we're rowing and we're going into like, kind of like this dark cave cavern thing. Mm -hmm. And there are, um, stalactites. Yeah. So they have like water. (laughs) That's like, not only is it dripping down, but it's also running. You could see like the, the streak running down the surface before it, it actually drops down into the water. You also, um, as you're climbing, you'll see like certain bits of debris or a little bit, little rocks and stuff be able to kind of tumble off here and there every once in a while. If you're in the snow, oh my gosh, the snow, when you're walking in like knee deep snow, like the geometry actually deforms in a realistic fashion. Like there, there are multiple instances of this type of like secondary animation, attention to detail type stuff that you're, you're referring to. And really, once I beat this game, I think you should actually start to play through it because a lot of it needs to be experienced. And I'm glad that you brought up Castlevania because that game has also come to mind as I've been playing this particular game. I know that. How do you know that, Steve? 
because we're brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay then. (laughs) Anyway, Castlevania is um, one of my favorite type of of third-person action-adventure games. And I think there, there is some similarity that is shared between the, the two titles. But yeah, the game, I, I would say that the battle mechanics is the one thing that I'm still trying to get to grips with. And I think once I'm able to, to have a better command over it, then it will be better. Because at this point, I'm just kind of caveman hacking and slashing right now. And it's just because I don't remember how all the different things work. And so as a result, it's, it's not quite as satisfying as I think it could be. The other thing worth noting is I'm making constant comparisons of this game to Horizon yes, Zero Dawn. Yes, I did too. Horizon Zero Dawn also has really impressive background environments. I mean, just, it's a gorgeous game. It is. And the enemies, I feel like in Horizon Zero Dawn um, are on par, are just, you know, they're, they're just as impressive as the enemies that are in uh, God of War. They're a bit different in the sense that they are, you know, the ones in Horizon are more cyborgs. The one here is more fantasy creatures, that sort of thing. But one of the, one of the um, gameplay differences that I noticed right away is that in Horizon Zero Dawn, you can jump as a character. Whereas in God of War, there is no jump. He hasn't learned how to jump yet. Now, there are certain parts where like if you get to a cliff that is jumpable you can then jump and you'll always make it to the other side I mean, yeah, there's no like that. will you make it will you not make it kind of thing <laughs> but in horizon zero dawn you did have the ability to jump and that really made for a more immersive experience not by itself necessarily but also too like in horizon zero dawn you could traverse just about any kind of surface in that game I mean, it was, I would say, 98% of the whole game you could actually climb on, walk on, whatever. And you could do so just, you know, if you wanted to go off the beaten path and and try out something else, you could do that. Whereas in God of War, you cannot. It's it's very much a story-driven, linear experience. It's not necessarily a bad thing, just because there have been other titles such as Uncharted, uh, which, you know, they, they take kind of the same approach where like it's it's much more of that single player story driven campaign, that sort of thing. But in the back of my mind, I am thinking about, wow, like this is really bringing to the forefront one of the features of Horizon Zero Dawn that really made it memorable, that really aided in, for me, if you recall, that was my favorite game of, of last year. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the sound effects are very similar to Horizon. It could just be me. I don't know. But when when you started playing this, I, I remember a lot of the sound effects of like you jump or well moving through brush, uh, you know, crunching stuff and making arrows and attacking and and whatnot. It seemed like there's many similar sound effects. I haven't really noticed that myself. As I'm going through all that, I I do think that some of the SDKs, you know, Sony distributes out their SDK libraries to their first parties, and and of course, Guerrilla Games is one of their first party companies, and you know, Sony Santa Monica obviously is another first party. So from a visual standpoint, there are certain types of of aesthetics that are very much in line with 
Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so I think in, in that regard, they're probably sharing some of the same catalogs of uh, SDKs. Seems like it reminds me a lot of Tomb Raider also. That I'm glad you said that because actually it reminds me of the same exact thing where I feel like Tomb Raider is, it's almost a hybrid between Horizon Zero Dawn and God of War. It's kind of like if, if Horizon Zero Dawn and Tomb Raider had like this mytho- um, Nordic baby. Yeah. This would be it. I mean, because, you know, in Tomb Raider, she has a bow and arrow just like Aloy does. And she's able to traverse to a certain extent. She, she doesn't have as open of a world as Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, it's like she's kind of right, like right in the middle where like she does have some open world areas, but then there's also the, the more of like the single player story, linear kind of gameplay with the big boss. Well, actually, she, and she doesn't really have any kind of huge creatures that she has to come across and fight. She's taken on more of like the, the humans and the, the different factions and right. cults and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting you say that because I've had the same thought too, where it's like, you know, the, the Tomb Raider games as of late seem to be kind of more in the middle. And your son has a bow and arrow. That he does. <laughs> oh, that reminds me too. So Gorilla Games posted on their Instagram page, which I thought was really classy. Uh, one of their artists drew a picture of Kratos with their son or with his son. And Aloy is in the picture too. And she's helping to teach him how to shoot his bow and arrow. And, the, and there's some sort of caption on there and I'm paraphrasing this, but it was something along the lines of like, congratulations to the, the Sony Santa Monica studio for on the release of their game. But I thought, man, that's pretty cool. Like, like showing the kind of the, the camaraderie and the family. Sure of uh, titles with that. I thought that was very uh, classy. There you go. Did you have any other thoughts about the games thus far? I, I know obviously you haven't played the game. You've just been watching me play, but what, what do you think? Don't play the game after you've had two glasses of wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, one thing that comes to mind is the relationship between Kratos and his son. And I haven't seen the beginning of the game. I haven't read too much in the story, so whatever. But one thing that is, I'm, keeps on popping up is he goes, mm, boy, no, don't do that, boy. You know, it doesn't seem very like, you know, father-son love sort of thing. Like, you know, you, th- you would think that a father would have more things to tell his son other than, come here, boy. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, uh, then in other scenes, he's, uh, I think it's neat how he's protecting him. Like it, there, mm-hmm. when you were just playing it a second ago, you only had your shield, you didn't have your axe. And so right. he was using his other hand just like a father would think of like um, if your daughter is sitting in the front seat of the car and you slam on your brakes, you would naturally probably put your hand right. out in front, you know, sim- similarly like that in the game where there's a bunch of scenes like that. I thought that that's cool, but I wish there was more. There is more. I'm happy to tell you. And that's why I want you to play this game uh, once I'm done with it, just because there that is one of the strongest components to this game is the whole father son dynamic. And I have witnessed enough of it now is it where it's really starting to get interesting. And 
he has obviously like a, a tough love approach to his son with, with the mom dying. And obviously it's his wife that they're both experiencing this loss of this woman who was a part of their lives. And it's just, it's interesting to see the kind of the, the, the character journey going on because at first you think that, that he's just really being hard on his son, but there are a lot of poignant moments that I've seen so far where more of like the loving father comes out. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm like I said, the jury is still out on just what I think of the entire play experience. I look forward to actually being able to talk more about it. Once I've played the entire game and come back and be able to tell you, do I think it's a 10 out of 10 or do I think it's, it's still a, a nine out of 10 experience, but did you have any other remarks, Steve? I wonder how it looks on 4k. I've heard it looks amazing. You'll have to come over and find out. Maybe I'll take a field trip. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody, get on the bus. We're going to drive for eight minutes to Steve's house. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I think that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. We want to thank you for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and pledge $1 a month for exclusive access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, SoundCloud.com slash joygasm TV, and now, of course, Spotify. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We'll see you next time. Mahalo. <laughs>